everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. And we're going to talk to you about job interviews. How do you prep? How do you get ready? Where do you get one? What is the best way? Um, we'll be guiding you through our failures, our successes, um, and tips on what to do and what not to do. But before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. So global update that I'm going to somehow tie to myself. Um, and this is why Jordan often calls me narcissist or such that he is dating a narcissist <laughs> jokingly <laughs> if you watch love is blind you'll understand that reference <laughs> um anyways so as of today it is february 24th as we're filming um russia has officially invaded ukraine which is possibly the start of world war three if other countries continue to get involved or if other countries do get involved and our hearts go out to those in Ukraine who may have to flee their homes um, or potentially be in terrifying situations. Uh, we cannot imagine how that would feel. Anyways, tying this back to myself, in no way am I relating, like, I'm not relating my struggles to what's happening in the Ukraine, but. It seems that every single time there is a worldwide disaster, my life gets a little bit better. And like the coincidence is weird and it makes me feel like I'm a demon that is soul sucking energy from the world. Let me explain. So right before the pandemic happened in 2020, that was when I basically landed my dream job interview and dream job. It is also when everything was like working out in my life. I felt like I had clarity. I felt like I had direction. Everything was coming up Wanda. Fast forward, I haven't had a job interview in two years. And I just had one most recently for a company that I'd also like to really work for. And next day, World War III breaks out. There's also other things that are going on in my life that seem to be um, good news as well that hasn't really happened the last two years either. So for some reason, every single time that I have any good bit of good luck in my life, the world seems to be in disarray. Where were you at the start of World War One and World War Two? I don't know. If you believe in reincarnation, I could have been alive then too. Wanda was Fran Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well no that's not fair because Franz Ferdinand did not not a good life uh leading up to World War like it'd be whoever profited off of World War One and World War Two. damn yeah you heard it here first folks Wanda is the bad omen <laughs> yeah I, like I felt weird like saying that too but like I've just I been it. thinking about it today and it's like Again, not minimizing the situation of everything that's happening still. Very terrible things that have happened in the last two, three years. But I can't be a little bit... It sucks because it's like every time I'm a little bit happy, the world is not. I get it. Same thing happened with me. Oh, okay. So we're good. <laughs> or, or, okay. So another point of view is like, am I taking, like, am I just such a narcissist that I am taking what's happening in the world and like, just like comparing it to myself? Like I'm the cause for this. Uh, no, but I guess you can't help but look at it like that. Like, wow, things are really looking up for me. Oh no. Rest of the world is going to shit. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's my good, but also upsetting update. Um, what's yours? Side note, as long as uh, your happiness and success doesn't involve the destruction of the world, like it's not like the cause of it, you know what I mean? Like direct yeah. cause. Like, have you seen Don't Look Up? You know what I mean? Like they had every opportunity to stop that meteor and then they were like, actually, there's a lot of like metals we could use on this to profit. Um, yes, I am personally not Putin. I am not related to him or his advisory security council. So I am not directly causing the destruction of the world. What is your update for this week? Okay, my housing situation. I've gotten two, I put in two offers. We have gotten rejected twice. So I should actually clarify. So the first time that we put in our offer, 
um we were actually the second offer to come in so the landlord and real estate agent wanted to honor the first one so like whatever no big deal we thought we were the good guys we were actually the bad guys by coming in hot and heavy um second time the landlord is very picky an elderly man um we don't know what he's looking for the place has been on the market for the past 80 days over 80 days so that's over three months he is losing out on so much rent money and he's just like he's looking for something that no one knows and apparently one of the real estate agents or his real estate agent like she'll see applications or she'll see people and she'll be like don't even bother applying he's already gonna say no to you i don't know why but he's just gonna say no so we tried he said no to us thinking maybe a little bit racist thinking we should have put nick's name first Nick is my boyfriend, but yeah. What um, can you do? That's weird. That's a. I can't possibly know what he would be looking for. Like it's such a like. You're, I think you're a perfect applicant. Ah, yeah. Thanks. Our real estate agent saw our credit scores and was like, "Oh my god, you guys are perfect." <laughs> so that's great. Okay, who is your beef or crush of the week? My crush of the week is interracial representation on TV reality dating shows. And specifically, I'm going to talk about Love is Blind, Natalie and Shane. Um, Natalie is a Korean-American and Shane is a white man. And it's kind of interesting to see their dynamic where meets her parents and there's this whole thing and she's like extremely nervous about it like which is like the way that her parents reacted I thought was like a lesser way of what we would like what my parents would have reacted to this whole situation um and I just like how Jordan and I see ourselves in them it's very like relatable and I think like the whole representation on TV thing where like kids can see like people who look similar to them like I think that's like kind of how we feel yeah um i fully thought that shane was gonna go for shana for a long time because every time they walked in a room they were talking about sex or like shana what are you wearing like thinking about like how many times a day they'd have sex like that kind of thing um and like the connection between natalie and shane was just like so magical so beautiful i guess um and yeah it's so sweet that like every episode he reaffirms like how in love he is with her and you i guess natalie's kind of relatable and i like me and you talked about it in like that um second gen i'm gonna assume second gen maybe i shouldn't but in that like um korean american way where it's like it's kind of hard for you to show affection like you're not super affectionate with him but then like behind his back like you talk about how much you love him kind of thing like she's a bit mean to him but like you can tell like she loves him so much um yeah they seem like very sweet very um i i really hope they make it work i think oh wait let's do a couple predictions i predict that they're going to make it but in the preview for next episode we see them crying then they got in a big fight and shane said hurtful things to her so we're gonna see but i want your predictions yeah i don't think uh, like I, I very expected um shane seems to have like this really bad temper um and he feels like a little bit manipulative to me in the way that like he'll turn things around to be the other person's fault and like not his fault. Um, he probably also has some like emotional trauma I think he needs to work through with the whole like his dad died two months before the show started filming. Um, so he might not be in the best like headspace right now too. Bad juju. Um, yeah. So... I think they're going to make it too, unfortunately, because like every single time where I've been like, oh my God, uh, he's going to like, Shana's going to come in, something's going to happen. He's like stayed, I guess, kind of loyal to her. Um, I think the users might have played it up a little bit about like the fight and everything just to kind of give intrigue into the last episode because it's been like too strong, I guess, um, through the last few episodes. So like, maybe viewers are like oh of course they're gonna say yes but like throwing this in now they're like "Ooh, we don't know but yes i think natalie and shane are gonna make it i feel like no one else is maybe like jared and ayana 
don't know. I love Iona. I don't want I, She's I too don't... good for him. But then at the same time, I think Jared's also like a per- like his family. Oh my gosh. So the episode where they showcase like Ayana meeting Jared's family, I'm like, oh my God, I love your family so much. I want to be a part of your family. Like his dad and his mom are the cutest ever. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I just had to add that bit. <laughs> They're sweet, like, but you know, Ayana and Jared have like very different lifestyles. Yeah, I mean, Ayana's also a little bit controlling, too, in the sense where she's like, you need to throw out everything from your ex-girlfriends. I think that is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. I see where she's coming from, though. Like, if my boyfriend, like, still held on to something from his ex-girlfriend and treasured it and it wasn't anything useful, I would be kind of concerned. It was a watch box with his name engraved on it. Like, that is something, like... that's a lot. I forgot what yeah, that was. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I used to use a water bottle that my ex-boyfriend got me. And, like, I've asked Jordan. I was like, hey, like, does this bother you that I still use this? And he's like, no, it doesn't. And oh, that's that how works. it should be. In my opinion. I don't, like, I think, like, so I'm the type that's, like, once you break up with me or, like, I break up with you, like, you're basically dead to me. Like, I don't really, like, we don't talk anymore. I don't even know you exist anymore. So maybe that's, like, the difference versus, like, Jared, who's like, I don't want to sever any connections because they might work in HR. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, grind, rise and grind, Jared. Yeah. I get you. Um, yeah, so production-wise, I think Shane... And Natalie and I think Ayana and Jared are going to be the ones that say yes. I really hope Danielle and Nick say no. Well, Danielle said yes already because she's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But Nick is crazy too. See, I don't know. So I don't know if Danielle is like as crazy as the producers make her seem because I feel like Nick is kind of two faced. Nick is super two faced. Yeah. Um, oh. But. Yeah, I like. I think like the editing is like very choppy this season. Like you just miss so much of the conversation, and like none of it makes sense. Like, I would say like seventy five percent of Nick and Danielle's conversations make no sense. Yeah, literally every single time they're like shown though they're fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, their scenes are very boring because I'm just like, okay, they're fighting once again. Uh, makes no sense. Nick is sweaty. Danielle is like bug-eyed and crazy looking and nick is gonna go gossip to someone i don't know yeah i literally want to fast forward through all of them like if i wasn't watching with jordan be like fast forward fast forward fast forward (laughs) fast forward (laughs) because it's like it's always the same fight and i always like i don't understand it and it's like it's so like it's just annoying to listen to so yeah i agree i do not wish them to be together but i think they will be yikes they started off so promising. like They really did. Like, they were going to be, like, the Cameron and Lauren of this season. And then yeah. they really showed how they were not. <laughs> and it- <laughs> Another one for interracial relationships. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, that one, like, I felt like that one, for some reason, they really played up the whole, like, she's, like, black and he's white kind of thing. And, like, I think it was because they had no other problems. Like, their relationship, I guess, was just so strong that they were, like, what can we insert as drama? Because, like, I think they talked about afterwards. They're, like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I think it, like, came up once or twice. But, like, it was, like, heightened from the Yeah. Show. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Yeah, they're great. What are your predictions? Uh, I don't even think Ayan and Jared. I think Natalie and Shane for sure, and no one else. See, I don't think that's gonna make for good TV though. But in the preview, it looked like Deep and Shake were really happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that okay. huge celebration. So maybe yeah. like Shake finally had sex with her and he took Shane's advice. <laughs> I literally, okay. This man is so like, he tries nothing. And all he does is complains to any single person that will listen to him. How do you expect her to like, 
she's literally like oh like he doesn't even want to do it like that's a like and she's like I, i'm sure she's like initiated or tried in some way and just been like rejected by him oh. and it's like uh, i can't believe i can't believe you're still okay with this yeah like they both talked about their internalized racism and like how it's affected them and that kind of thing and it seemed like they both were growing like they both kind of got over it like DMT definitely did. She was like, wow, he's so perfect. Like, I can't wait to, like, get it on mm. with him. And he's just like, you're my best friend. I would never fuck my best friend. That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's your beef or crush of the week? My beef is my boyfriend, Nick. Um, We were walking the dogs the other day, and we saw a skunk. And it's, like, pretty early for skunk season. Uh, last year, in the summertime, his one dog notoriously, notoriously would always chase after skunks and would always get sprayed. One time, he killed a skunk immediately, and obviously it sprayed him. And, of course, it got over me, too. But that was rough. And then he just dropped the skunk in someone's driveway, and we had to run away because what can you do with a dead body? So I'm so sorry to that poor, poor person who woke up to go to work and saw a carcass of a skunk in their driveway. Not fun, but also not fun for me. That was only one situation. But also, I guess that was my fault for letting him kill a skunk and not seeing it in the dark. This is back when I walked him. So back to the main story. Uh, I am walking his other dog. Both, so we can kind of see that there's a skunk from far away. And I'm like, oh, let's just wait it out here for a little bit. And Nick was like, oh, wait, Jackie, the other dog, is like a very smart dog. Like he goes very fast. Like if he sees like a small animal, he knows not to approach it. Like before Jackie would do that, he'd saw a skunk. He would just keep running past it so he wouldn't get sprayed. So Nick is like, I'm going to let him off the leash so he can go scare the skunk so we can walk that way. And I'm like, uh, are you sure? Like we can wait this out. So, he lets Jackie off the leash. Jackie has not seen a skunk in months. Jackie runs up to the skunk. Obviously, the skunk is going to spray him. And from far away, we're like, ooh, did he get sprayed? And of course, Jackie is rolling around in the snow trying to get the skunk smell out. So, then Jackie comes back, and then our stuff smells like skunk. And then, I mean, I just watched, so it wasn't that much work for me. But Nick had to do make like a paste to get rid of the skunk smell from Jackie. And then we put like baking soda around his house so the smell would go away. So he is my beef for not listening to me and for taking unnecessary risks. This is why men die earlier. This is what I said too to him. <laughs> this is like, no offense. The dumbest thing I've ever heard him do. <laughs> Literally, as soon as that happened, he was like, "Why did I do this? Why'd you let me do that?" And I was like, "I didn't, I didn't tell you to do anything. I said, don't do it." This is literally dumber than the time that he swam to a freaking island. Well, only two risks now. I'll keep an eye on it. If he dies, I warned him and I said, "I told you so." Yeah, and. I tried to keep Jordan alive by not letting him have sour candy. And you're just like, <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I will keep my eye on it and be like, I told you so if he dies. Yes. Okay, moving on to our topic, job interviews. Um, we've gone through a lot of job interviews. We've been alive for a while. At what age was your first job interview? Seventeen ish it was oh wait no earlier than that i think it was like grade six um my friend and i had a paper route and so they gave us a quick interview to make sure that we could do it but then the first i think official interview wasn't until i was maybe 13 or 15 ish i don't know um there's this place that there's like this pizza place that opened um, near both of our houses in the city that we live in. And it was like an open job fair kind of thing. We just like a friend and I went to drop off our resume. We didn't think that we get interviewed the same day. Um, but she was like, oh, like, do you have a second? Like, I'd love to talk to you about like, like the job that you're applying for. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and... So she asked a question of, hey, uh, why do you want to work here? And do you know what I said 
in all of my teenage glory, I said, well, everyone's going to be new. So if you mess up, you mess up together. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Not the question that like not the answer they were definitely looking for. So. So I'm guessing you didn't get it. I did not get it. And I then proceeded to never go to that restaurant for like 10 years. This is a good. I'm okay with this. Yeah, but also, if you do go to the restaurant, you'll see that most of the servers are, in fact, white. And when I say most, I mean 100%. Oh, my. So, something to keep in mind. So, your overall experience of job interviews, though, you say good, bad, indifferent? Um, I think I, okay, so I've been interview practicing with Jordan. So, he says I interview well. Uh, The interview sessions itself like most of my interviews i think have been really great like i think the people that i've talked to um are really nice um like in most cases i vibe with them but i am going to call out a specific interview that went to absolute shit um there's this bank one of the top whatever banks in canada uh sent me an interview request on sunday night for monday and it was a phone interview so i was like okay not that big of a deal And they sent me the job description along with it. So like I looked over the job description I prepared based on the job description and I go into the interview and the phone call it's with like four other people. And they're in a conference room talking um, on like one of those like conference phones or whatever. So they're like, I'm like asking questions about like the job description and they're like, oh, like, no, you wouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Like, and then we find out that HR, I guess, sent me the wrong job description. And they gave me an overview of what the job was and it was basically like a glorified event planner they're like have you ever run like a hackathon before um how do you feel about agile like really really dumb questions that i feel like were beneath my pay grade as a co-op student (laughs) um and what ended up happening was in the middle of this 30 minute interview it cut off like i don't know what happened but it was just silence on the other line i was like hello hello and there's no response and i was like okay this is weird and then five minutes later they call me back and they're on the move they apparently got like the phone stopped working in the conference room or something so they had to go find another conference room but they decided to dial me in from one of the other like team members phones um so they were like can you give us a second you can hear them like shuffling and walking and into another conference room and then so that took like an additional like five minutes as well. And then like they sat down, like we talked again. And I was like, I finished that interview and I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> I didn't want the job anyways. I didn't end up getting the job. I'm okay with that. So overall, pretty decent experience. And that was my one call out for um, a bad interview. Hmm. What about you? My overall interview experience has been many, I don't know. I've had so many bad ones, like so, so many, but I've also had so many good ones. So like evens out, you know, you need like some balance here and there. Yeah, talk about your bad ones though. Uh, my bad ones were all objectively my fault, I think. Like oh. I didn't have any errors or anything, like no communication errors. Oh wait, I did. Okay. My pet peeve is when recruiters or stuff will email, will just call you and stuff out of the blue and they'll set up a date for you to come in and then I write it down, but I can't read my writing sometimes. I'm like, fuck, what date was this again? What time was this? I don't remember. Why didn't they email me? Um, so then I go and then, yeah, that one was the wrong time. Oh, yeah. shit. Wait, so did you actually go there and you're like, hey, I have an interview? Uh, yeah, I, I actually went because I was like, fuck, she called me from like an unknown number. I have no way to call her. I, I don't know what her email address is. I don't even remember her name what do I do? So I just showed up at what I thought was, I think I wrote 1130, but it said 130 on the thing. So I was like, fuck me. Also, I was like pretty young. I was like second year or something. It's for like a co-op. You were just early. You weren't like. I was like super early. So then I showed up to the place. She was there and she was like, oh, our interview was in for another couple hours, but I guess I'm free now. I'll see if the other person is too. And I was like, oh my God. This is so embarrassing. Already we're off on the wrong foot. And then we're in there. Um, and they're kind of like, oh, and the other interviewer was someone like I interacted a lot with at school. 
um it's like i was part of this club and like he does like the postings and stuff on like our internal website um and we had like a lot of back and forth and difficulties but only because like i was getting weird direction from my club so then he was getting confused and so we were already on like bad terms and then he was like oh you're maggie it's me like the guy who does the job postings and i was like oh my god it's you (laughs) i'm early and i'm with my enemy (laughs) so that was super awkward um and they were like can you give me examples of your communication skills and i was that's a joke i was like oh well you know he knows like my communication skills like you know like i email you like so often you know uh yeah like i said it in the more like eloquent way but it was definitely like not a good call to bring that up he's already my enemy um yeah so that just ended poorly it was just so bad like i should have known halfway to just end the interview and be like okay i'm clearly not a good fit here i don't i don't think i want to work here anyways um it was like a glorified you know like those people who call alumni just to ask like for you ask them for their feedback ask if they'd be willing to donate like that kind of thing telemarketer basically so i was like i don't want this job i don't want to do that so i should have just stopped right there but i just kept going because like i was young and dumb so then afterwards like i think she called me back and she was like hey so just wanted to follow up like um unfortunately you didn't get the job uh did you want some feedback on your interview i said nope no thanks (laughs) because that's so embarrassing like i already know i did bad i just started off so rough like don't tell me can you imagine her feedback would have been like show up on time (laughs) (laughs) better early than late i guess i think like the good thing about moving all these like interviews online is that most people now send like a calendar invite Mm -hmm. to the meeting with like a meeting link and i like that because it's like if you tell me over the phone i am probably gonna forget please follow this up with an email so i can well one confirm this is in fact what you said but also to put it on my calendar directly yeah um i just think it's kind of Am I being, like, a total Gen Z when I say I think it's rude to call people out of the blue? Like, if they're not expecting it, I think it's just rude. So, I don't think that's the case because, like, a lot of people put their phones, like, on Do Not Disturb, especially when they're, like, working and stuff. Or, like, it could be on, like, another call. So, recently like with my like most recent interview that i was kind of talking about um he sent me an email at like 7 57 a.m in the morning um with like an interview request and of course i was asleep and i did not get back to him so he called me at like 9 57 no response again still asleep he called me then again at 10 57 no response was still asleep and then he messaged me on linkedin being like hey if you get this, I've been trying to reach you and I can't seem to connect. When is a good time for you? And I'm like, I feel like he could have just started with that. But maybe he was so excited for me, for him, that like he just felt like he needed a response like immediately. I ended up calling him back at like 11 and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I put my phone on do not disturb in the mornings. To make it seem like mm-hmm. I was like really busy and like really just like working on stuff and not that I was actually asleep. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a hustler. (laughs) And it turns out everything he said in the email no longer applied anyways. So if I had gotten back to him earlier, it would have just been like, a oh, actually, correction. Like, none of these times work anymore. It's going to be five days later. And then he also, after our phone call, emailed me again in like 15 minutes being like, oh, they just changed the time. Like, are you okay with this time instead? Which is like... I get it. People are, like, are busy and stuff. But, like, like it would have just, like, he didn't need to call me. Like, there was no need for him. Like, I could have just responded to the email in a way when, like, when I woke up. And so, no, I think it is 100% okay to expect, like, an email or, like, a message and a reply to the message before a, like, call and i think my mom has a similar complaint about this like with work and stuff like sometimes people will just like call her on teams and Mm -hmm. not even like give her a heads up and my mom's like 
I don't want to pick up because I'm in the middle of something and you're kind of like disrupting my workflow. You're also like very being like being very inconsiderate of my time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I found too with the past like couple of years. People just feel the need to call you at all hours. It's even come up with like my current work where like they've called me off hours and like you should be picking up your phone. And I'm like, no, I'm leaving my phone at home. Let's talk about the types of job interviews like you've been through. Um, which ones are the best? Which ones are the worst? I already know which one is the absolute worst. And I don't know if you'll agree with me, but group interviews. I've never had a group interview before, so you'll have to enlighten me. I've never actually had an official group interview before, but this sounds awful. And I know it's something that consulting firms do and some consumer packaged goods companies will do this. Um, essentially what it is, is they'll give you kind of like a case to do, and then you as a group have to problem solve and you want to get the juicy parts and you want to answer it in a way that makes you look smart and outshines the other. But I've also had it where, um, what was it? Oh yeah. They literally just go around in a circle and ask you like, they ask you like generic interview questions and you just have to compare and try not to repeat the same thing the other person did. Those should be abolished. I, yes. I think I remember hearing about this when I was doing my MBA about like per how to prepare for them and stuff. And I was like, this is a thing? Like this exists? Like why? Yeah. I just think it's uh, archaic um, and it's very rude and it feels like very Hunger Games. Like I get you have like a lot of applicants and you want to give everyone a fighting chance. But maybe be more selective and like don't do that. I don't even think I think it's like a power play kind of thing because it's like, well, like we want the shark. We want the person who's going to like step on like others or like give the best answer or like talk down others like in the process. Right. Like because to stand out, you basically have to do better than the other applicants in the room. So it's like they want to see who's like hungry or something like that. Oh, my God. This just triggered a job posting that I saw like two years ago. Um, it was with like kind of a well-known company in Canada and they had this event downtown where they were going to have their job applicants compete in an event for the job. I don't what was the event? I, I don't remember, but I remember looking at it being like, what the absolute fuck is this? Like, this is so humiliating. Why would you have people do this in public? Um, just like a add-on to that, I it's also kind of like an accessibility issue too um, when you have events like this because people who do have disabilities are not going to be able to compete uh, with people who are able-bodied. Because it's like, I'm assuming it's kind of like a course of some sort, like a physical activity type of thing in some way shape or form so not very inclusive and and most times like who's gonna show up white males you accessibility queen you <laughs> it's no because it's like this just like this just triggered the memory that even in job postings that say the words like rock star or like hungry or like um go-getter like words like that will lead to a predominantly male uh, applicant base I think I saw this also in anti-work, like that subreddit on Reddit the other day, where it was like, they'll throw in so many buzzwords at you, you don't even know what the job means anymore. We want yeah. a rock star who is a go-getter, who thrives in an ambiguous environment. If this is you, apply. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if the job posting is that ambiguous, then it's like, you have to thrive in ambiguous circumstances. <laughs> this is a mystery. You just joined Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can you imagine if like the event was like a squid game like event you either die or get the job honestly this could be a movie in the making dystopian yeah um I, what are like the average types of job interviews like is there really like the best type of job interview style I think the ones that last for very short periods of times with one or two people and 
is only at most two interviews long. Those are my favorite type of interviews. I mean, the ones that I find that I like the best are the ones that are like more casual, like conversation based rather than like them rapid firing questions towards you. Like I like it when the interviewer like vibes I guess with what you're saying so it's like oh like I saw I heard you mention this like talk more about that like I'm really curious about this kind of thing rather than like tell me about this tell me about this tell me about that tell me about and it's like it feels like you're in like an interrogation per se rather than like um like having an actual conversation and which I mean interviews are kind of like interrogations I guess but I like the ones that are slightly less informal but apparently according to jordan and his interview training that he's been doing that's not good like you're not supposed to build a rapport with um potential interviewees because it gives them like the wrong impression like if you bond over something they might think that oh like i did well because like i bonded over both of us going to the same university or both of us like enjoying this hobby or something that's so Mind bad. Game. Yeah. <laughs> my because like my favorite interviews have been the ones where like I bonded with the interviewer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the worst ones have been where they're just like, yeah, firing questions and they're so detached and cold and you're like, uh, are we humans or robots right now? Are we humans or are we dancers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dancing in this room trying to impress you. It is kind of like a donkey and pony show. Or monkey and pony show i don't know there's i've been really messing up my uh sayings recently yeah it dog and pony show. Dog, dog and pony dog and pony show that's it who's the pony us it's it's the a, it's like the dog and dog and pony is basically like your show like it's like it's you're being showcased like you know how like a dog show is like you walk the dog around and like uh. the judges like look and like look at the dog yeah oh i see so you're both showing off yeah, you're like essentially you're showing off to the judges who are analyzing every single part of you. But they also want to show off because you're also judging them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I don't know if this is a thing in anything else other than like tech, but they used to have like two day long in person interviews. And this isn't like you go there for one interview that will last an hour and then the next day you go there for another interview that will last an hour. No. It starts at like 9 a.m. in the morning. There's like whiteboarding sessions where you have to write code or like your thought process on a whiteboard. There's like um, sessions where you maybe have to write code on like a notepad or not like an editor of some sort. There's the lunch session where you're supposed to like vibe with potential teammates. So it's like you're eating lunch, but you're still being interviewed. Um And then, like, afterwards, you're in, like, more, like, technical, like, algorithm questions or, like, more coding prep. And then the next day, it, like, repeats all over again. Oh, my God. That sounds awful. But I know that's a thing for investment banking, too, because my friend would tell me how she gets, like, flown out and stuff. And it's, like, a very long process because even when you're not in the office, they're still trying to interview you at dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to get to know you kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, I can't imagine how worn out you'd be after like a day of interviews just to do it all over again tomorrow. Not for me. Yeah. So that's my worst. At the end of the day, it's it's still a job, you know? Like, I'm not going to live to work, but I do want a nice job. But like, I just think it's like super cruel, super mean of all these places to do like very elaborate job interview processes and make you jump through so many hoops ridiculous yeah i agree and it's like i get it like if we look at it from the other point of view they want to hire someone who's like a good fit for the company like the hiring process is expensive um retraining new people like is also expensive but like there has to be a better way um we're kind of jumping ahead, but what do you think is a better way to find candidates? We're not HR professionals, but like yeah. in your opinion. <laughs> this is I don't think either of us can answer this question because if people knew, then like they would use this. But mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is anyone can learn a skill. 
So it really boggles my mind where they try to detach themselves from the interview process and try not to bond because at the end of the day, you want someone with a good personality and a good, good, like morals, values, good work ethic. Yeah. I, I mean, sense. like there are also like more like hands-on, like technical stuff that like they probably okay. want you to know. Fine. But at the end of the day, don't you want to be with someone who is um, diligent in their work, who, you know triple checks their stuff who's thorough who actually no i guess good point <laughs> i just have no i just have all soft skills hard skills mm, they'll come and go i mean i'm literally in a profession where there are no hard skills everything i do is basically a soft skill so <laughs> i completely understand where you're coming from but nice. like i actually argue that soft skill interviews are way harder because it's like if soft skills is all you have and all they're testing for, your personality, everything you say, your entire work experience, everything gets scrutinized because you there's nothing else. Like you get you can give nothing else. There's no like technical that you have to pass to show that you have technical knowledge. It's Fair. just you. And it's like if they reject you, it's like they're rejecting your personality. <laughs> oh God. This is why job interviews are exactly like dating. Yeah, I, I make this all the time. A first date is basically like a coffee, like coffee networking session. Yeah. Um, the only side note is no one gets dick pics in job interviews. I mean, not nobody. I feel like this I, I number guess. is definitely bigger than zero. <laughs> if anything feels like slightly inappropriate throughout the interview process or job recruitment, please like... You have the power here too. That is my advice to people. You have a voice in this. You can walk away at any moment. They don't have to force you to do anything. Even halfway through the interview, you can stop them. I think that's my regret too. Not like stopping throughout the interview. Like, hey, I'm going to stop here. Uh, clearly, I am not a good fit for this job. Can I ask you some questions though? I'm curious about your work history or your career. Or if even you don't want to talk about that, just say, I'm not interested anymore. Goodbye. Reject them before they can reject you. Exactly. <laughs> I Like, if it's a job that you actually want, but you think that you're just, like, messing up the interview beyond repair, like, I always want to say, like, continue. Like, it's like how they for presentations and stuff like if you mess up or something they don't want you to say sorry and then like get like flustered over your mess up they want you just to continue like nothing happened at all and there was a situation where one of my friends was interviewing like co-ops for this role and this one poor um, co-op student had felt that he had done so poorly in the interview that his nose started bleeding in the middle of the interview Oh. <laughs> and then he ended the interview with oh my gosh I'm so sorry I realized like there's so many better candidates out there than me I just want to apologize for like wasting your time and all of that stuff and like in the end my friend was like yeah we ranked him number two because he didn't actually do that bad like it was just all in his head Aww. yeah but yeah. I have had times where like I just like could not answer any single question I mean, then probably the job is probably not for you. Then. It was not. Now I, I refuse to buy stuff from that company for a very long time. Uh, how do you prepare for a job interview? Uh, by having a lot of anxiety over it. And yeah, I mean, so how I used to prepare for interviews was like, I'd write up like a bunch of questions. I'd write up like examples for each and every single question. I'd go through them. I'd practice them. Like what I'd say using like the STAR model, which is like situation, task, action, result, I think. Um, and then I would get someone else to pretend to be the interviewer and then like ask me questions. That was university, Wanda. And also Wanda two years ago. Wanda now does not seem to care as much. Um, so my latest session, I literally just practiced like casually with Jordan's like, oh, like ask me a few questions. Let's see how it answer it. Just to get me into that like interview mindset, because I think it's like not something that's like natural like I think the way that you speak in an interview was very like interview specific so to get into the mindset of how you would introduce yourself like have like a spiel of some sort like who is Wanda or like who is Maggie kind of thing and then just like be able to talk about like the basic things on your resume again 
if you have any technical stuff, please study the technical stuff ahead of time. I do not have anything technical, so I cannot do that. I completely agree. I don't know if like my whole mind shift changed from like university to like post university, but I give less fucks now and I prep less <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, but you know what I, it is in our defense? I think it's because we have more experience now. Um, like we can recall on stuff better. And like, I think before we were a little bit more desperate in university because we really wanted that experience. But now that we, we kind of have the ball in our court because we're like, do I really want to work for you? Like, what are you really like? I'm trying to get a good, better vibe here for myself. So I think it's totally okay. But I think I do need to prep a little bit more than I am now. What do you do for prep now? Uh, now I just really look over my resume. I look over the job description. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, I like this is what I do for my work. This is like what... Um, this is what I could see myself like growing in this role. So I think about like my future there and then I just think about, yeah, where my current responsibilities or like former responsibilities aligned with their job description, but I never actually write anything down these days. Um, the most I would do is like a look on Glassdoor. Oh, you should do that too. Look on Glassdoor, see like what interview questions people ask, how people answer them. Um, and I also like looking up like example question and answers to see what people say and then see how I can make it better. Um, So a little light lifting here and there. Light plagiarism. I think it's like I also write down questions that I want to ask that I might forget to ask because like Mm -hmm. a lot of these are virtual and I have my laptop on me so I can just do a quick skim. Um, Because you don't want to be like flustered in that case, which is like I think it's so... Um, sometimes when it's like you need to have questions like you need to have questions for the company like sometimes like, you just they answer everything you just don't have any questions and yeah. then you have to make up like um ask questions on the spot <laughs> um but it is also like which is another point that we have is you're kind of interviewing the company back when you ask those questions to make sure that they're a good fit for you um how do you find out the company is a good fit for you i have no idea I like I feel like I've seen Jordan get bamboozled so many times where he's like, yeah, I think this company's for me. And then he'll like go work at the company. He's like, oh, maybe this company's not for me. <laughs> so it's hard because it's like you don't know until you try. Um, you can ask. Like, what are you curious about about the company? Like you can ask about their company culture. You can ask about their policies on like PTO vacation days I don't like I don't know I feel like that's maybe a weird question to ask um um so like my go-to is I usually ask about the culture but I know this means like absolutely nothing because they all say like oh my god we get along great we have like such a work hard play hard mentality but I know the red flag because everyone says it on reddit is we are like a family I know that if they say that that's when you know to run um but I know, I think another thing I should have asked is like, what is, I guess, the attire when you're in office? Um, only because, hmm, I don't know. My, like my friend, she, her formal attire is, yeah, formal attire. Like you get in trouble if you wear jeans, you're expected to wear blazers and everything. And I just think if they do that, that's not for me. I do have a lot of business clothes because I thought that's how it would be everywhere when I was in university. So... I am ready for that, but I do not want that because I could maybe do that for a week at most. And then day six, I am back to wearing sweatpants and looking like a goblin. Yeah, I mean, that is also Googleable. Like you could like, OK, there there is assumptions here where it's like if you work in the financial industry, you're probably going to have to wear business formal things. Or if you're working in like consultancy, you're probably going to have more business formal or semi-formal in that sense but like things like tech probably a lot more lenient hey i am the financial services industry i've worn jeans to work before no one commented yeah but you're also in like the government so it doesn't really apply even yeah i guess that's fair 
They did tell I us think- like we were supposed to be business casual and no jeans, but I wore jeans anyways. Yeah, I think it's like also pandemic, like post pandemic. I think a lot of these dress codes are going to cool down a little bit. Yeah, I like to. Um, yeah, I, related to that, ask them about like the, how they handled COVID. I think Ew. that's good. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. But no, like, it's okay. Because I remember I had asked that the other day. Like, were you guys work from home, remote? How quickly are you guys going back in office? Like, what was your um policy yeah um what do you do when you know everything about a company how do you ask to make sure the company's a good fit when it's like a very well-known company and you know exactly what you're going to get into uh i would ask about the team i think like i ask how the team who the team works with because i'm just interested about like what they actually do how the team works together um what else did i ask oh i think i asked something in the past about like how firm everyone was in their roles like do you wear like do do people wear a lot of hats like how helpful are they like that kind of thing but again that means like it still means nothing because everyone's gonna say like we all help each other here you don't know that to some certain degree they do yeah i feel like i always like like, because it's like things where it's like, if it's a more well-known company, you tend to know what their like policies are on culture and their dress code and like all of these different things. So it's like, and it's like, I don't really like, I don't like, I want, I don't care about these things because I know about them. So it's like, how do I ask it to be more specific and applicable to me in my decision to work for a company? This is fair. I guess at the end of the day, you never really know until. Yeah, it really, it. Yeah. You can ask all the questions in the world, but it's like they're gonna lie. If, yeah. That's, You're yeah, that's lie the if they're gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. How um this I feel like I should have asked this at the beginning, but like how do you score so many interviews? Like m- me personally? Yeah, like you personally. I feel like out of all of our friends, you are the one that rolls like these if these are interviews like you know like making the money i make make loonies (laughs) what is Um, that what is this hand symbol (laughs) dropping bills at the club symbol (laughs) but for interviews um i think strength in numbers i think overall i have like an okay resume like pretty solid i have like okay job experience um I've had people review it. I have like the keywords. That's what I recommend actually. Like looking online at different resumes in your industry and comparing it to yourself, you'll really notice what the key buzzwords are and then add it to your resume. Um, Also, what else did I do? Oh, I used, so I used to use like this really old, like, you know, like the generic university resume where it's like literally from top to bottom you're just listing everything um and that was university approved but then i used this other thing called prepped which was by rbc um and they have great templates for resumes and cover letters and they guide you through the whole process so i actually use their resume and it looks great in my opinion um so my other tactic is strength in numbers apply everywhere (laughs) that's how you get so many interviews um what else? I don't, there's not really much else to, I do so occasionally network, but I don't think that's the thing that really gets my foot in the door. Um, I think updating your LinkedIn profile a little bit, adding in some keywords here and there, because I have appeared in a lot of searches this week. Yeah, I have no other thing. It's kind of the luck of the draw, but I think over time, the more experience you get, the more interviews you will get. So like co-ops and stuff, like no one was going to give me the time of day no one was interviewing me at all but now that I'm kind of new in my career a little bit intermediate I guess um yeah people are reaching out more 
That's so strange. I feel like the opposite happened to me. So when I was in like co-op, like undergrads, I had no problems finding like jobs. I literally would have found a job within like one month after like the co-op started. Oh my God, like, that's it, so fast. I know, right? Like I would have like one or two interviews, like every single co-op period. And like, I would always get the one I wanted. And then I was like, literally, as soon as I started going into like my MBA, I got like no responses. And I, I don't know what happened and everything. And now like looking for like a full-time job, I feel like I'm even more like passed over. And I don't know what the issue is. Has my just luck changed since undergrad? Or am I just too intimidating with too much education and not enough work experience? <laughs> totally that one. <laughs> um, Maybe too. Like sometimes I get desperate and I apply to like a lot of places. And I think you're way pickier than I am, which is good because you have way more education um, and experience. But yeah, sometimes I'm, it's like one of those days I feel sad. I'm like, I'm going to apply like crazy with my resume. I'm not going to tweak it at all. Take my resume. <laughs> it's, that's so funny. Cause yeah, I, I guess I am a little bit more picky. Like I, like I still apply, like I still apply to like non like big name places too. And I still get like freaking rejection letters from those too. Even sometimes when I <laughs> apply through Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. Is there any other mistakes? Do you have any tools or tips, advice you have for people hoping to land job interviews? Um, I think LinkedIn has a really cool tool that lets you practice. Like they give you questions to like practice and you can see other people's answers as well. If you pay for LinkedIn premium, you can also like see what like a good answer is. I don't recommend that. It's kind of expensive by LinkedIn premium. Wait, I but, have that. I didn't know that was a yeah, thing. There's like interview prep or something on LinkedIn. Cool. And you if you click it, they'll give you like a whole list of questions for like, wow. like everything. And then like it'll tell you how to make a good answer for this question. That's so cool. I'll, yeah. I will use that now that I'm paying for it. Exactly. Um, they're all, If you just look up specific jobs and look up interview tips or questions like you can usually find like a LinkedIn page on that as well that tells you like what they are looking for when they ask you questions like this for this particular role um sorry just LinkedIn ads all over the place <laughs> <laughs> um I think like having a friend ask you and practicing out loud even like if you don't mm -hmm. have any friends cool practice out loud it's the same with presentations and stuff like once you say it enough times you start to like memorize i put in quotation marks what you're going to say um and like just getting into that headspace is i think super important because it's like when you do like one after the other after the other i think you get better at it but like getting into it initially i think is like an uphill battle like i said before it's like very mm -hmm. different to what an everyday conversation is like and like a lot of people including myself like i don't like talking about myself even though i do it a lot on this podcast but Talking about myself in an interview is quite strange and quite weird. Yeah, it's weird because you're bragging about yourself to a stranger. That's mm -hmm. usually frowned upon in social settings. Yeah. <laughs> also, make sure you have like an elevator pitch for yourself. You never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. One of my like work internship things, they made me like follow them around and repeat my elevator pitch to everyone we met the whole day. Obviously it has changed. I'm no longer a third year commerce student, <laughs> but a, a lot of revamping. <laughs> Imagine you're like in your next interview, you're like, I'm Meg, I'm a third year com- Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I swear I'm a professional. <laughs> It's just like muscle memory just going off. <laughs> I know we've mentioned this a lot too, but people tend to hold themselves back when they see that they don't fit all the requirements of the job description. Like if it says something like minimum five years or like you have to know the software or something like that, um, don't hold yourself back. You don't have to meet all the requirements of a job description. You have to see if this is something that you want to do, if you could see yourself working there, and then apply for it. Don't be scared. Also, if you think it's completely bogus, but it sounds cool, apply anyways. Why not? There was actually a thing that Jordan told me recently that um, you actually appear better in an interview than you think you did. 
nosebleed guy can attest to this. <laughs> yeah. So like, because I was like talking about like the interview that I just had and I was like, oh, like, I think I did fine. Like, I don't know if I like passed the threshold and whatever. And he's like, well, statistically, they say that like when you meet like a new person in like an interview or networking setting, in most cases, you come off better and they leave with a good impression of you. And like, so if you think you did well, it's most like, it's likely that the person leaves with a really great impression of you. So even if you think you did poorly, you might still leave with a good impression of you. You never know. Hmm. Yeah, you will truly never know. I really wish you could be super anxious with the interviewer. Like, okay, we're done now. Tell me what you thought. Yeah, I wish it was like a third, like a skit, you know, like you yeah. have 30 minutes we're performing the skit. And then like afterwards, it's like skit over. We're now normal people again. And scene. How did yeah. I do? <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um, Any last tips, feedback? Um, Please hire me. Please give me interviews. I find that I do better at interviews than getting selected for interviews. Honestly, my biggest yeah. hurdle is getting selected for an interview for some reason but that's how you know you're great at interviews um my mom likes to throw in my face that's like well like there are two interviews that you didn't get the job for and i'm like mom i also did not want those jobs anyway to the recruiter who might potentially never listen to this but if you do i have a lot of job offers right now and i'm Definitely, it is definitely not my la- my only interview that I've had for the last two years. I can guarantee you this. Please give me a higher rate. Did you tell them about <laughs> this podcast? No, I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Imagine they did a quick Google search. Yeah, I like if, if it does come up in a Google search, and this feels like a very like good episode to click on. If you're a recruiter, um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I gave just going at the end, but if you make it this far, forget everything I said. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Everything uh-huh. I said was a joke and satire. <laughs> aren't uh, aren't we so funny? <laughs> Thanks for joining us again this week. Go like and follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and go listen to us and like us on wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And join us again next Thursday for another episode of Apologetically Me. Bye. Bye.